Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. MLB is back. They're playing a full 162 game season. The NBA is racing towards the playoffs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. BBN, we are here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Vinny Hardy, and I'm alongside the national champ, the tournament MOP, multiple member of multiple halls of fame, and we got name dropped in a track by Million Dollar Mullet. I'm talking about double zero, Tony Dill. What's up, TV? V, what's going on, man? Hey, that's funny. You say... Uh, the million dollar mullet, man. I ate. <laughs> hey, that that is hilarious. Uh, you know, to be name dropped with the million dollar mullet. What a a, a what a stage name. Can you imagine announcing hey, we have the million dollar mullet coming to the stage right now? Man, that sounds like something that would be in a club. And I'm not talking about your regular club. You know what club I'm talking about. Yeah. But no, all is good, man. I'm in, enjoying this nice, beautiful day, day in ATL. Um a lot is happening as always in the news, and you know we had a a, a major injury to one of our one of our cats. Man, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed. I had so much excitement in how the bubble ended for Denver Nuggets last season, and to see one of our fellow cats go down is is tough. Yeah, yeah. Fifty seconds left in that Denver Golden State game, and Jamal Murray, you saw it buckle. Uh, yeah, you saw Steph the way Steph was looking. He was like, "Oh, it just don't." Mm. Just didn't look right. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look right. And I think he was coming off. Um, I want to say his other knee. He was having. He had missed a few games with a soreness or something with his other knee. So as soon as he gets back, it's almost like you know I've had injuries. You know where you're kind of overcompensating and um, you cause another injury. And I don't know if it was from that. Sometimes you feel the pressure as a player, and especially when you've gotten paid as much money as he did. Um, you know, we can go back to Grant Hill and so many others um, that have gotten injured just playing because they felt like, man, they paid me all this money. I have to come back and play. I have to carry the franchise. And, oh. you know, players feel the pressure. But I always tell guys that when you sustain an injury, and I'm not talking about like a little tweaked ankle, but when you've had to have surgery or something major is no doctor uh, can tell you they can give you a timetable, but it still has to be your body because no doctor has had his ACL torn and said, okay, yeah, you're going to come back and play against the best athletes in the world and 
six or seven, eight, nine months, and you you okay, you're clear to play. Yeah, I'm clear to play, but instinctively, you know, it's still gonna be a game of of feel, how I how my body feels, my reaction time. I'm thinking about the injury. I'm thinking about when it how it how it happened last time. Um, you know, this guy that I'm playing against, he know I, I'm just coming off of ACL tear, so he's gonna try to go even harder at me. Now all the money that I got paid, is it justifiable that I'm making 40, 35, 40 million? So a lot of stuff goes to people here that I don't even think that the everyday fan even understand. Exactly. You think the, you know, this season with the, the bubble, the way the season ended later, and then it started so quick, you think that short turnaround has anything to do with it? You know, AD is hurt. Kevin Durant yeah. battling lower leg issues. Growing up in Kentucky, there were lots of rivers, lakes, and streams that met my grandfather's criteria of having plenty of good fishing in them. That's why we're so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits, from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code CATS10, C-A-T-S-10, to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Yeah. Is it, they didn't have much of an, I know, I know guys play all year round and they play in the summertime and, you know, you get the Drew League and this and that. Mm-hmm. But we, I mean, the Lakers just won it in what, July and then we turn around and have a season yeah. over. You think that's playing a role in some of these injuries we're seeing this year? Absolutely. I think it played the same role in, in the National Football League. You know, guys like like big-name stars would get injured, you know, early into training, not, not into training camp, but as the season started rolling around. I'm like, wow, you know, this player went down, you know. But it, it is such a turnaround where even if you're playing in, in like, the different pro-am leagues, um, it's not the same as playing – on TV against, let's say, the Lakers, New York Knicks, Golden State Warriors. I mean, that brings a whole nother level of intensity that you can't really – you can't simulate in a Drew League or play up or pick up basketball. It's totally different. And I, and for me, I understand, like, practice and what we do and how we play in the game are totally – they're totally different. And – the intensity level and, and how hard you're going. And now you're trying to competing against the best player in the world. You're competing against your team and you're still competing against them, but now it's competing to win a game. It's competing to fight for a playoff spot. It's, it's competing to, you know, prove that you are one of the best players in the world, you know, trying to make an all NBA team or a, a uh, for a rookie, all rookie team or rookie of the year you're playing for, so a lot of different individual accolades that these guys can be playing for, but also just team goals. You know, when you look at a Jamal Murray, how they how they played exceptional, you know, in, in the in the bubble and 
you know, being out three, one coming back and beating the Clippers. And now, you know, you're at the top of the standings in the West and you lose for the Nuggets. They lose one of their, their key pieces. Jokic is playing extremely well, but you know, when you got both those guys and when I tell you like Jamal Murray and, and Donnie Mitchell put on a show, when I tell you it was like some of the best basketball I had seen in it felt like in years, man. Them dudes was bad. Like, put like this, it was must-see TV. Now, when when have we said Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets must-see TV? Think about it. It's been a, it's been a long time. We, we, we would have to go back to watching Stockton and Malone, which I still wasn't, you know, I was in the league around that time. And even before I came in the league, you know, um, you know, just wasn't – I just didn't like watching – Salt Lake City. I didn't want to like, didn't like watching the Jazz play. It just wasn't my brand of basketball. I mean, it was good basketball, but you know, I wasn't turning on the TV and seeing okay, Utah Jazz playing Sacramento King or Denver Nuggets. I'd be like, ah, mm-hmm. man, let me, let me flip to another game. You know what I'm saying? I want to watch something else. But they made it must see TV. Those two guys. And for for Denver, maybe what we were kids. You got Alex English and. Kiki Vandaway, I think they scored a lot of points, but that was like yeah. 80s, I guess. But they were maybe more watchable than the Jazz have ever been. Was it difficult to, you know, everybody knows Denver with the altitude. You got that Denver-Utah back-to-back. I mean, Utah's up in the mountains, too. Was the thin, yeah. air, the thin air a problem for you there, too? Man, it was. You know what it was? And, and one of the reasons why I had a difficult time was that I had the sickle cell trait. So anytime is how high altitude, you know, your 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 blood cells and uh, is sickling and the oxygen that's trying to get through all different parts of your body, you're losing some of that. And I always struggle when we played in Denver. Like I never I can't remember ever having like a, a really good game to the point where I'm like, man, you know, I would I would get tired quickly and maybe two or three, two or three trips up the court. Uh, I never slept well in Denver. So it, it was years later, I found out, you know, a few football players and guys that played that had sickle cell tree that some of those guys didn't even take, didn't even make the trip to, uh, to Denver. And I never knew how it was affecting my, my breathing, you know, my, you know, my fatigue factor was, was at an all time high. And it wasn't like I went out and stayed to five or six in the morning. I partied all night, you know, I've tried to get my rest and, you know, I just, I never could really catch my breath the way I did in different cities. And years later, I found out it was because of that, uh, the altitude that it affects, it affects people who have sickle cell disease and sickle cell trait. And I have a sickle cell trait. I have two daughters that have sickle cell disease. So we very seldom go, go to places uh, that have high altitude. Right. Right. Be careful for sure. You mentioned Utah. And, and John Stockton, I, I heard Avery Johnson on different podcasts, and they'll they'll ask, "Was he dirty?" And then he he was like, well, he said, it, was, "It was physical back then." But he also <laughs> said, "You know, if if I was to see John Stockton in the grocery store, I'd probably hit him with an elbow before I wait to say hi to him." Yes. So what was what was Stockton like to you? He was always setting them back screens on the big. See, oh yeah, man, dirty. What was it like playing in Stockton? Hey, like I said, if you're in the grocery store, you're going to run his ass over one of those carts, man, from behind. You know what I'm saying? You you, you know what? This is what you do. You see John Stockton ahead of you. You take your cart and you ram him in the back and let him know how to 
you know, and, and, it, and it probably would be coming from a big player. It wouldn't even be from the guard because I would be laughing. It, it would be like one of those, one of your power forwards, like a Charles Barkley, a Buck Williams, mm. somebody that he set on the he said notorious back screen on. You can see one of those big men just ran on the cart back into John Sox and hey, I found I got you back, little fella. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he looked out innocent, man. He out there. He did, man. Out blows, man. And, and he, he might he might be the guy to pull up, you know, with the minivan, pull up his kids, jump. I'd be like, man, is that John Stockton with the minivan? With the with the checkered shirt on and 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 he probably like if he was one of today's play, he probably would have some Crocs on. He have his Crocs on, some pants, his glasses on. He'd be like, "Man, is he the Uber driver, right. or what is he?" Is <laughs> it would be hard to identify him. But you know, just was a when I look back, just a really he played extremely hard. You know, you you wouldn't even think that he's the all time assist leader mm-hmm. and steals leader. You know, and I knew about the assist, but I didn't know he was the all time steals leaders. Um, leader, and, and that's where you know you look back at his game and just how he played. You know, he was probably an underrated def- uh, defender, but really was really could play defense. He was great at in- anticipating where the ball was going to go. He was great at digging down on bigs. That a lot of his steals came from you know strong side steals when bigs were trying to go into their going to their package, going into their move. Well, John, knew, he knew that, and he was notorious for leaving this guy and just going and double-teaming. And if you go back and watch that, one of those series against uh, Chicago, he doubled him. They, he doubled it, and they made him pay for it. You know, somebody cut back door. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. You have to make a player like that who's really good, has great hands, and a big, you know, from a scout report, knowing, okay, when I put the ball down one or two dribbles, John Stock is going to be there. Mm. And but Big was so caught of it, man. I'm trying to get my points. I'm trying to score. They didn't even think about it. And he was great at just getting those steals like that. But just, you know, just looking at you know how the game was played in the 90s, it was a much physical game. And 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 not to discredit what this generation, you know, have been doing and is doing. It's an exciting brand. It it, it brings scoring back to, to a premium where a lot of teams are doing, you know, and and, and it also spaces the court when we played man you got a big a four or five and if them dudes went down the court three or four tripped and touched the ball they would just stay on the low block they were like i'm not leaving like you can't drive i'm staying here and throw me the ball <laughs> but spacing player movement and um ball and player movement is what this game is and you know just think about you know steph curry going for 53 last night i mean it's just like man that dude might be the greatest the greatest shooter ever, ever laced up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, him, they I forget how many 10 three-pointer games he's had. They flashed it up last night. Mm-hmm. And do you struggle to relax? Does your crazy life make it hard for you just to shut your brain off and chill? Do you overthink and easily get stressed out? That's the worst. That's where Sunday Scaries comes in. It's a delicious, vitamin-boosted, THC-free CBD gummy. They'll be a must-have in your daily routine. They'll chill you out in about 20 minutes. They'll help take the edge off and help you maintain your composure and live scare-free. There's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. 
you'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. There's even 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo code BELIEVE for your discount. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're freaking amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. I think of all the ones in the league, I think he's got a third of them. third of them <laughs> is Steph Curry. Just 10, 10 or more threes in a game and just yeah. looking down the list. I think I did it in high school once, man. I had, I think the most I've had in high school was, was 12, 12, college was nine. I think NBA like five or six. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, I was a three point shooter, but I wasn't taking 14, 15 threes. Like you might see a player take now, you know, you might see a guy take 16, 17 threes or all the shots, but, but one is threes and, you know, I forget what college player was a few years ago, like 95, 90 to 95% of his shots were threes. I'm like, man, this dude, he never ran for layups. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try to preach to my kids, go get the layup first. If we got the layup, let's go get the layup. We'll come back and over the three, three point line is not going anywhere. I said, but the layup, a good team is going to get back in transition and stop that. But you know, it's it's hard to sell something that, that they're not really seeing on the regular. Yeah, they sure not anymore. They sure don't. Um, and speaking of, you talked about how Stockton, you know, jumped down and would get a lot of his steals on the bigs. Another former cat, a big, did his thing of the night. Enos Cantor grabbed 30 rebounds Ooh. and a Blazers franchise record, man. You know what? I, I kind of it, it's funny too because I remember when when Ennis came in my second year being a coach, Kyle staff, and got a chance to, to see him work out, to work out with him. And I probably said this on, on other podcasts, like I knew he was a pro, you know. And was it going to be eligible to pay him play? I was like, probably not. I'm I'm sure somebody's paid this kid some money, <laughs> you know. So his, his eligibility was always going to be in question, you know. And he never played the whole year, but you know he he worked out every day. He practiced with the guys. He actually made. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. We Josh Harrell. He he made him a much Josh Harrell. He made him a much better player. Mm-hmm. And when you got to go against Ennis Cantor every day, like your game is not your game has only room for improvement. Like it's only it's, you can only go up from where you started, and that's kind of how Josh's game was. Where it. it I remember Coach Cal saying something when that season started. It was so funny. He said, he said when Josh Harris is going to be our son, he said, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> he really, I mean, those were his exact words in one of our meetings. He said, it's going to be a long season. And when you look at how that season ended, our final four, mm-hmm. losing to the, the champion, UConn, and mm-hmm. we lost that game by, what, two to four points. I mean, it, it was probably – that whole Final Four might have been the worst shooting Final Four I think I've ever seen. And, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. There were so many missed shots. Mm-hmm. That game was in Houston. But what I always try to tell coaches, when you get to these, these different um, domes, these different, st- these different stadiums, you have to come out and shoot. You just can't come in because if, if you're – six to seven months into your season, you should know all your plays. Now, you might 
you might walk over a few of their plays. Like we do a scout report, we might go over their their top four or five plays, but you need to get shots up. So I, I look back to two of two of the games we lost, West Virginia and a UConn game where we shot poorly. Mm-hmm. And I thought as a shooter, I was like, man, we need to get up as many reps as we can uh, doing this walkthrough and also have our guys come back out pregame workout and get up shots, you know, because it's not it, when you six, seven months into your season, you know, each other, you know, the schemes of your, you know, your offensive sets, you know, all those. And, you know, you know, you got to, of course, guard and defend, you know, the other team sets. But what, what it comes down to offensively, because Cal, Coach Cal has always had really good, really, really good defensive team. Sometimes it comes down to just making shots. And when you're in a stadium, the depth perception, uh, you're not familiar with, with such a, a, a big venue, mm-hmm. all that plays into a shooter's mind. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Flashing back to y'all again, I don't know if you saw it or not, NBA TV, they had a documentary, Ready or Not, the 96 NBA draft, Kobe, AI, yourself, Antoine, Marcus Camby. Uh, it just came out Monday. Had you got a chance to check that out yet? Yeah, that was cool, man. That, that was cool, you know, flashback on uh, some of my peers. And, you know, it's funny, too, with Derek Fisher and I, we go back to uh, our AAU battles. We had some he – was, he played with Arkansas Wings, with Cordis Williamson, and then I had my team out of Tennessee. So we had some early battles, and, you know, we still had our battles, even uh, even the NBA. You know, I, I would always see him. I'm like, you know, good – Good friends, but, you know, once you step on the court, you know, it was a battle. It, it, it was on, you know. But it, it's so funny, too, because when I I had a workout with with the Lakers and Jerry West, you know, he's working me out, and they had the 24th pick. So I worked out in Phoenix, had a good workout with the Suns. The Suns had the 15th pick, and they chose, you know, of course, they picked uh, Steve Nash. And, I, and so I went from Phoenix to to LA worked out for Jerry West for about 20 or 30 minutes. He was like, uh, you're not going to be here. We, we're not, he said, <laughs> so, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, it, it was a good feeling though. He was like, nah, you're not going to be here. So I'm oh, like, okay, cool. Maybe, you know, some, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And of course I went 16 and you never think about it, but I had really good workouts for Cleveland at the time. And Cleveland had an early pick. I think they picked Vitaly, uh, Vitaly Palatopinko and, um, I think who's there? Who's the other pick? Maybe Algoskis. Oh, Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think so. They had just lost Larry Nance and another big, so they needed to get two bigs. And, and their coach at the time was Mike Fratello. So I went in, and when I tell you, like, if you were to talk to Mike Fratello, name was like Tony. You, dude, I, I don't think you missed any shots. Like it was like one of the my best workouts ever. But they couldn't draft a guard. And I had two workouts with Charlotte. Charlotte, my first workout, they didn't have a coach. So they, they brought me back down. And I had my second workout. And by that time, I think they had hired Dave Howells, who was a rookie coach. And everyone who doesn't know Dave Howell, Boston Celtic, got, I want to say Dave was a 66 or 68 MVP. Uh, you know, really good left-handed player. And he might have been from State of, might have been from Kentucky. In Northern from Covington, up in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a Kentucky dude. So, uh, but it, it's so funny with Kobe, you know, because 
I didn't know who Kobe was. I'm not going to even lie to you. Even when he got drafted, I still didn't have an inkling of who that guy was. You know, he was a high school player. You know, every year there's always a, a top high school kid. And even in 95, when uh, Kevin um, Kevin Garnett came, I was like, oh, it's a pretty good high school kid. You know, so you don't put a whole lot of stock in a high school kid. And, you know, it, it, so it's so funny now. Everybody was like, yeah, I knew he was going to be great. And this, that, that. Come on, man, stop that. You know, that, that's what that's what kills me about so many either players or coaches and I'm not going to be one of those people to be like, I knew Kobe's going to be great. I never saw Kobe play one game in high school. I didn't see a highlight of Kobe until maybe draft night. That was it. Didn't have, didn't, didn't know who Kobe Bryant was. And, and to be honest with you really wasn't even concerned about Kobe. You know, I was concerned about, you know, my, the, the players who I came out with were Antoine, Walton Carter, and Mark Pope. Those were the only four guys I was concerned with, you know, that all of us got drafted and we did. Mm-hmm. But when you hear about Kobe, it's like, yeah, I knew he was going to be great. I think Jerry West got it right because Jerry West was willing to trade Vladi Divac. And if you go back to 93, Vladi was one of the top centers in the game. And that's when centers were still a dominant force in the game. And when you give up your center to go get a young kid that hadn't played one NBA game that has a world of potential, is that I believe him more so than anybody else that says, okay, I knew Kobe was going to be a star. Mm. You can't, nothing, no, no, you can't determine how many high school players have come out and just been okay, been average, been good. You know, that we can say, okay, okay. And you get that one in the generation player. But in that draft, you know, you got to think about that was to me the best draft, the deepest draft that, um, that happened. But when you say, you know, 10, 15 years. We all can say hindsight is 2020 because, you know, if you go back, Kobe probably would be the number one draft pick instead of AI. You know, if you had to choose right today's game and just their body of work, Kobe is, is would be probably your, your first draft pick. Yeah. And then maybe then maybe AI, you know, or Steve Nash would have been 15. Steve Nash would have been like, he had been top five. He'd been a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we always can go back and say hindsight is 2020, but it still has to take place. Like it's still, when you draft a player, you know, you don't know what his potential is. You don't know what's going to happen. If he, what if he gets injured? You know, he could be a, a Greg Oden, you know, how great could Greg Oden have been? How great could Sam Bowie have been if he didn't have, you know, have, have him, if he didn't break his leg a, a few times, mm-hmm. you know, and people said, well, they should have drafted Michael Jordan instead of, uh, I'm not so sure. Cause the game was about, the big players back then. And they so had you don't, Clyde you don't already. They had Clyde Drake, man. And, and, and I and Clyde's my dude. I, I man, I love talking to Clyde. You know, Clyde is, is a really good dude. And it's it's so fun to be having a conversation because in Clyde mind, he's better than Michael Jordan. I'm like, Clyde, I like you, man. You my dude, but hey man, you had your chance against Michael. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had your chance, <laughs> hey, to get your chip against Mike, and it didn't happen. So <laughs> It's like when, what can we say here? You know, it's like when Paul Pierce tried to say he was better than D Wade on ESPN before he and, and <laughs> Jalen Rose shut that down quick. <laughs> hey man, hey, you got, hey, we 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 know this. Pete 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 Pierce lives in his own world, man. Pete yeah. Pierce is doing his Pete Pierce is doing his own thing in life, man. He says he, he said what's on his mind and he do what he wants to do. So. 
<laughs> yeah, they hey, hey, J- Jalen Rowe, he shut that down real fast. It was like, yeah, but but you know what? You might be right, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost to the point where you got to concede to being wrong. And and it's, and it's hard for a competitor, someone that played against him on, on a nightly basis. <laughs> it's hard for you to say, man, that dude better than me. You know, and, and it's just our ego most of for the yeah. most part. It's like, I just I would never say that. And, and it's kind of how you feel about LeBron. Like he would never, he would never give LeBron credit. He'd be like, nope, I think he's good. Cause when you have a battle, we have battles with someone, it's almost like in boxing, like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, you know, and 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 I think as you get older, you know, you're you don't care about it as much, much, you know, because it's like, hey man, you know, we're in our 70s and 80s right now, but we're gonna go out here and play another game one-on-one against each other. <laughs> no, you're not, but you know, you're still in your 30s and 40s. You still have the competitive juices like, man, we could have killed y'all. Or, man, I felt like I was better than you. I just didn't get the opportunity. We're still thinking that. But in time, it moves on. You'd be like, man, I can care less. Yeah, yeah, you was, you was the better player. But it, but it comes to a point where you're older and it happens. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I got, I got to go back to where you're talking about AAU, the – Guys that do the Wizards podcast, believe in Wizards. Matt Baderno does it with Larry Hughes. He was asking Larry about some of the AAU stuff, and he was asking, "Did did you play against some of those stacked AAU teams where they would fly KG and Paul Pierce <laughs> in to a different? Because uh-huh. he's from the same area as you, right? And he was reminiscing about some of those battles. <laughs> and the thing that was funny though, he said that it was. Shay Cotton was there. You remember Shay? Remember Shay Cotton? Shay was a bad boy. <laughs> he said where they were eating at and staying was like a little walk from the gym. He said Shay would always show up in those jump sole strength shoes. You remember them shoes with half a sole that would keep your the back of your foot off the ground where you yeah, yeah. your vertical. Uh-huh. He said Shay would always have jump soles on and he would never walk with the group to the gym. He'd always run his jump soles when it was time to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so that, hey, I was just picturing that, man. That was crazy. You know, he was already a man among boys and he got them. He jump was, out. man. And he but, that's, that's what I'm, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you never know how a player is going to turn out. You know what I'm saying? Because Shea was like, like one of the top players in the country for, you know, for a few years. I mean, every everybody recruited Shea, man. Shea was like, a big time athlete, but you know, what usually happens. And I tell parents this right now, even as their kids get to a certain level, you're being recruited is you have to go where the style of play is similar to your game, or it allows you to play your game because you can't go somewhere where you are up-tempo player, you play a certain and you go to somewhere where, the coach is calling every play out down the court. Let's run this set. Let's run this set. You get out of transition, you'll slow it down, slow it down. And most guys don't sign up for that. They sign up seeing the name. I tell players and kids, I say, what you need to do is you need to just watch that team play, which this, this we're in the highlight generation. They only want to watch highlights. I said, no, you have to watch the game to understand and kind of see where do you fit in at. Like, what's your role? Oh, this is what I do well. I think I'm going to be, you know, that's going to be a good situation for me to be in. But if you don't really fit in and you can't put yourself and see yourself doing certain things, to me, it don't make sense. I mean, it, like, like now you are 
you're evaluating the school, you know, seeing it like, like, like they come and recruit players. And, you know, so even as, you know, you, you look at the transfer portal, like yeah, some of those coaches might be reaching out to some of these players. I don't know if they are or not, but you still got to, you know, once you put your name in that portal, it's the same, the same thing that, that I tell players, you know, where are you going? If you're already successful, you're doing well. You know, I talked to one kid uh, who was in the transfer portal and he was like, I just want to go play against better competition. I want to get to the NCAA tournament. And was averaging 20 points, 20 points, four rebounds, three assists. And I told him, I said, you're playing. You're getting a chance to shine. No one cares if you went to North Carolina Duke. I say, but when a scout come and watch you, I say, they know if you can play on that level or not. And, I, and I've said this before in, in, in other podcasts, when you come to a practice, an NBA practice, we know within a couple of hours, a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, if you're an NBA player, mm-hmm. it don't take us long. Like you, like we're not delusional like parents are with their kids. Oh, my oh, little, little Johnny is so good. Little, little Johnny is good in everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, how's it? Oh, he, he's like the best soccer player. Oh, man, he's a hell of a baseball player. Yeah. Like, damn, your son is good in everything, right? So that's what that's what usually happens is that you got to understand who you are and being the individual that's trying to compete and get that scholarship for whatever school you you're trying out for. You got to keep it going. Exactly. And that, and that, this transfer portal is hot, so I got to got to talk about who the outgoing first, and I get to the end going real quick, but. You know, we, we wished him well last week, Devin Askew, and he has landed in Austin. He, he transferred to Texas. He's going to be with Chris Beard. So, I, <laughs> and I'm just going to read the clip. Of, this was, I saw it on the cast post. Um, let's see. Um, well, shoot, I have to find it. But yeah, he. Um, was was you know complimentary and talked about how coach beard's system fits his game and i'm gonna find the quote here in a minute because i want to see exactly <laughs> what you think about it I, I gotta just get your thoughts on it real quick let me find that oh uh, yeah so he says here it go. fits his game <laughs> here, here it is oh um, and i'm not trying to bash him but i'm just you know i'm not trying to like you know, stomp on him and kick mud on him and all that. But after exploring the different universities, I'm excited to attend the University of Texas. Thank you to Coach Beard and staff. I can't wait to get started. Um, so I chose Texas because Coach Beard and his coaching staff are completely invested into their players and player development. They have also watched film on my game and see that my playing style and abilities will thrive in their program. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring passion, skill, a team first attitude, and a dedication to work hard. It, I mean, the look, I don't know the tone of how he said it, but they're fully invested in players and player development. Is that a little bit of a is that a little bit of a shot? Of course, that's a slap. That's a slap at Coach Cal and his staff, man. That they didn't yeah. they didn't develop him. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and some of that, I, I don't know, because like I said, I'm not on this staff, but you know. Your game was not good. How about that? Ask you. You know, you had a you had a real high school game that that didn't 
didn't quite work on the on the collegiate level like you thought it was. So maybe that maybe if you'd have stayed in, in high school for another year, gotten better, and then made that that jump, he probably would have been okay. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for college basketball. Coach Cal gave him more than ample opportunities to get on the court to play to to and to play minutes. Coach Cal ain't got nothing to do with your decision making because you made you a horrible decision maker. Your shot selection and you making shots, you wasn't making shots. So I, I guess that's Cal's fault too. You know, now let's stop blaming Coach Cal for when a guy really is not that good of a player at yeah. the end of the day. Because I, I, I don't care what publication, I don't care what scouting service, you know, gave you a, a five, four, five, five star if you were a five star player, is that that publication was wrong. Because now, how did your game transfer to the next level? It did. It didn't look good. It, it, you know, so when you can't run the right, you know, you, you can't make plays and make the game easy for your teammates and you're a point guard, whether it's the system or not, sometimes it's the player. And I haven't heard the player say, you know what, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And, and maybe the program that I went to, you know what, it was too much exposure, too much pressure on me. I need to go somewhere where I can just, you know, kind of play my game and it's not as much attention. Homie, when you come to Kentucky, oh yeah, you get to, you get those televised games, you know. And who cares about Texas basketball? Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. Nobody. That's they care about football in Texas. They mm-hmm. care about the Dallas Cowboys, Texas, Texas, um, Texas University of Texas football, and Texas A&M. They they have a, a, a really good fan base. They care about football. So you go into a football state where they can care less about basketball. Yeah, so nobody nobody w- w- was was hurt when Shaka Smart left Texas to go to Marquette. Like, it, that, that didn't move no needles for anyone. It was like, oh, yeah, he left? Okay, cool. He What did he do with Texas anyway? Mm-hmm. Nothing. So, yeah, go 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 to Texas. And, you know, I look back at Quade, Quade Green. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Quade, you thought, and you were playing ahead of Shea at one point in time, and here's the thing about these players. They don't like competition. That's what it's about. When you got some other, you got some other dogs coming, some other dogs, and you know your game ain't where it needs to be, it is time to leave and, and, and leave, leave and go out of town. You know, that's when you know, okay, this guy ain't as good as he thought he, he, thought he was because even though I didn't have a great – this is me speaking for Tony Delk, not for any other player, is I didn't have a great freshman season. And, yeah, I thought about leaving. But also, I was like, I trust and believe in my game. I was like, I know I can play. So I don't care who you go out and recruit is that we're going to do this every day. Like, they, we're going to dance every day. Like, I'm not afraid of competition, and I love it. But when you don't really love competition, and we're seeing this from a lot of these players and most of these players in the transfer portal, that's who they are. They don't really like competition. They like easy work. I want to be, I want to just come and get my 35, 40 minutes or, you know, get my shots up, you know, and not have anybody be critical of me and, and I'm going to make it to the NBA. Stop it. Stop it. This is not real. When did it, when did it click for you from that freshman year? I'm having doubts to Billy Donovan getting you in the gym to was it in a game in your sophomore year when you showed out and like, oh, I can play? Or did you, when did no. it like, when did you switch or whether switched it flipped or anything? Even I'm, I'm going to tell you when it was, was as soon as the season ended. 
And when some of the former players came back, you know, and I was like, cause, cause I was still mad. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I'm still pissed that I saw my peers play and have a good season. You know, even Roger played a lot. Jerry got minutes. Uh, Walter was a prop 48. Um, Rodney Dan came in. Everybody played except me and like played significant minutes, like important minutes. And it wasn't like in that amount of time, I forgot how to play basketball. I'm like, no. So I'm just going to kill y'all this summer. And that's what I did. And I just took that right into the next season when I led, led us in scoring. So I didn't just fall off the map, you know, from my freshman year to my sophomore year. I'm like, no, I still know how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, maybe if coach had played me more, who knows what we what would have done in the Final Four, you know, because I always look back and say, well, you know, in the big – you can look at all the big games we played in. Like, I didn't disappear in no big games. Like, big games I played. I didn't file out no games other than that bogus – UCLA game uh, in '95, we were playing the first ever John Wood Classic. I got some some of the some of the worst foul called in my life. I was like, man, they they just they didn't want me to play in that game. But when it came to NCAA tournament game, oh, I played, yeah. I played. You know, wasn't no, wouldn't you can't say Tony Doug disappeared in no NCAA tournament game. Didn't happen. You know, I, I came to perform. And if you look at you know the, the game, the six games we played in, you know, we won the championship going back to '95 and. 90, 93, 94 season. I mean, I put up numbers, but in that, in that, in between my freshman and sophomore, now I had to, you know, a lot of it was working and, and, you know, not, I'm not, I don't, I don't even tell people it was like bringing my, my confidence never left me. I'm like, dude, I know what I'm doing at practice every day. Now it might not be what coach wanted from me at that time, because it might've, might've, it might've taken away some of the, the shots from mass because you got myself as a shot maker one of the leading scorers that's coming out of high school roger rose who was like the number two three player in the country roddy den was like the top juco player jared might have been mr basketball for west virginia like we all came in with something but mass was the face of kentucky at the time so if i'm getting my shots up roger getting his shots up there's not gonna be a whole lot of shots for mass so one of us had to had to take a seat. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just happened to be me. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pissed when I came back. I was like, okay, cool. So even when I played in the summertime, I'm like, I'm not passing, I'm not passing the ball for what? Like I can play. <laughs> I know how to score too. You know, you ain't like, you know, it was fun. It was one game in the summertime. And I remember Travis Ford, we were playing, and it was just Travis taking the shot, Mass taking the shot. Trav come down, take a shot. Mass take a shot. And I'm like, I own their team. I'm like, hold on, man. Dude, I walked off the court. I'm like, I'm not playing with y'all. But that's just how competitive I am, though. You know, I'm just not going to be out there and I'm playing hard and playing good defense. And you come down, take a shot, and y'all playing y'all playing two-man basketball. No, dude, you got the wrong dude. I mean, Mass was good, but I knew what I was doing on the court, too. I'm not, I'm not backing away from no guy when it comes to what I did at Kentucky. You know, I put my stats against anyone in, in my three years there. Yeah. Speaking of that, looks like Iona and Kentucky going to have a game coming up. Oh! Point. I, I was, it was a message board, or Iona tweeted it out. We're looking forward to the Kentucky. So looking like probably a neutral site game in New York or something at some point. So oh. and Coach P will, will go at it here again. Well, Coach Cal has been dragging Coach P, so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I guess it'd be another beat down. You know, I think what Coach Cal is like, what, nine? He was like nine and one, or eight and one, and eight and two against, against Coach, uh, Coach P, man. He, yeah, he always had, Coach has some good teams, man. Coach Cal has some really good teams. I, I can't even lie. And I think the year they won, it was, I mean, it was always a close game. You know what I'm saying? But when sometimes coaches have your number and, Coach Cal had his number, especially at Kentucky. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. I saw this too. I, I got to just flip it to football real quick. I saw Alvin Kamara was on with Shannon Sharp, and he said he still hasn't spent any of his football money, like rookie contract and second contract money. And Shannon was like, you ain't bought nothing? He said, you ain't bought your mom a house. He said, my mom so indecisive about where she wants to live, just renting her house right now. He said, I haven't spent any money from either one of my contracts. Shannon said, what about them grills you wear? He said, one of them was just like $300 when he was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. He did spend some money on one. But as far as like, he said, I live simple, man. And Shannon was like, wow. So I just, I mean, you've, you've seen people from different eras. Yeah. Their career. When you know and, and not have as much money put back as they should have from yeah for you during you still happening today. So I just yeah him, yeah this this second contract Kamara signs four years seventy five million. He said I haven't spent any of that yet, and he signed it last year. You know what, man? It, it's kind of hard to believe that. Not to say that he he's untruthful, but um, we all know this. You know, you can't take it with you, so you better enjoy it while you can, because anything in football money, you know, I don't even. It, it, it's so fickle and when it's not really, really guaranteed, because even you look at the deal that um, Patrick Mahomes signed, he already restructured his contract. Like, I'm like, dude, you telling me y'all just gave me a half a billion dollars and now I'm restructuring my contract a weekend. So how, I mean, how much real money is, is in a, in a contract? Other than you know your signing bonus or, or some of your some of your money's guaranteed, it's not really fully guaranteed like that. Like if they had given Patrick Mahomes a contract of a 10-year, 500 million fully guaranteed, like what they did with Kirk, you know what, man, Kirk Cousin, I don't know who his agent is. He has been the best businessman when it comes to contracts mm-hmm. in the NFL. This was a think about we talking about Kirk Cousin. Got the first fully guaranteed contract. How crazy is that? I love I love when he was in my Cowboys division because you know he didn't even scare us. As bad as the Cowboys were, Kirk Cousin didn't scare us. Man, he, come on, man. He got Kirk the, Cousin. He got the Brinks truck. <laughs> he did, but but you know, but but we can't be mad at him. I mean, no. here here's my situation with football. Is that why haven't like a uh, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, even when Tom Brady came up, you know, when these when when these big time quarterbacks or receivers come up for contract, especially like quarterback, like I thought Aaron Rodgers had been the first quarterback to get his all his money fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny because these these owners are saying, well, give us a a friendly deal, help us restructure our our money, our capital money. But when is it when the owners don't have no cap on their money, how much money they can make? And, and I don't think players even think about that. Like, but why, why would we do a deal? And I'm older now because I, I back then, you know, it was just like whatever works. And, but why would we have a a salary cap when owners don't have a salary cap on how much money they can make? 
Mm. What sense would that make? So you're going you're gonna to cap us and max us out at the most money we can get. But you, you can go out there and have five, six, seven, eight, nine other businesses, ventures bringing in money and your money ain't capped. But you want our the first time we make good money, we make we sign these big contracts. Oh, well, y'all can only get X, X amount of dollars. What part of, like and I, I think the the 18 the 19, 20, 21 year guys don't see it that way. And we see it as I see it as a businessman now is that those owners, you know, who become billionaires now, you know, um, it, it's great for them. Because now this is the most money I can spend. But let's say I spent out a hundred and let's say the salary cap is 108 in NBA. And you bring it in about six, seven hundred million a year or even more than that. Mm-hmm. And you do that for like the next 10 to 15 years. And the salary cap only go up about five to 10 percent. And that's just one of your businesses that you're involved in. So what about your other ventures? There are other ventures that are doing well. People don't look past that. They look at, okay, well, the players are making 30, 40 million. Well, if the players are making $40 million, how much are the owners making? Let's put their salary out. Let's put their yearly salary out in the paper so we can see, gosh, you know, okay, the owners for Golden State, they pay stuff 40. They pay Draymond 25, 30. They paid this guy 15 million. Okay. Let's start with the owner. Okay, the owner brought in $700 million this year. Mm-hmm. Put the owner money on top of what he's paying them players, and you'd be like, okay. So he made $700 million. He's paying out $108 million. Do the math. Or he made $800 million, and he's paying out $108 million. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather be, the owner or the player? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And those guys, too, that Kentucky is rumored to be trying to have contact with, you know, because Askew's gone, you got a freshman guard coming in. Rumors that they reached out to Marcus Carr from Minnesota, Adam Miller for Illinois, Rocket Watch from Michigan State, and Bryce Hamilton for UNLV. And I don't know if any of them are coming, but there's supposedly been contact between Kentucky and all four of those guys at the guard spot. So, Where, where's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing where's Trey Lock going? Uh, oh, where he's going. But can you transfer in the same? Can you transfer in the same conference and not have to set out? Yes, because Xavier Pinson is going from Missouri to LSU. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just happening. And how's and Will Wade still got a job? But that's a whole nother podcast. Oh man, no, no, we, we really, yeah, yeah, that that is. You're right about that. I mean, Sean you Miller know. finally got the boot, but Will Wade still around, man. Will Wade still in there. But hey, 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 Will Will Wade might be he might have some mafia ties. Man, Will Wade is like I don't want your attorney. I'm not talking to your attorney. I'm not talking to president. Man, he 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 became mafiosia. I'm like, man, okay, that's how you really feel. Yeah, it's, there's something going on in Baton Rouge. I'm just saying. Oh, were you the sad news? Dmx passed away. Were you a big DMX huge fan? You a fan of Dmx? Huge fan, man. I mean, when I tell you, like. Probably a couple of years ago, just you know, all the time. I mean, I'm always listening to music. I mean, he's he's like one of the, he could have been one of the best motivational speakers. You know, he has some of these some deliveries from these prayers that he be delivering. Man, it it just it makes you think, man. Like, wow, you know. And, and 
and it, it's so funny like we, we these artists that have you know such great music and then some of it is about their life and um you know and just hearing Swiss beats and some of the people talk about you know how he you know he never was concerned about himself like he was always trying to make everybody else happy mm-hmm. and the most then the person should have been making the happy should have been himself you know but he didn't care. You know, he was like, man, as long as I see my kids, my family, my friends, everybody is benefiting. And, but it's so much pressure they put on themselves, you know, and, and eventually that leads to certain things. And, you know, we don't condone alcohol and, and you know, and drug abuse. But, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things happening in people's life that we don't have, that we don't know about. You know, we see them at concerts and interviews and happy and smiling. But go home and, and they could be in a miserable, a miserable life, man. Yeah. So was, was a huge fan of DMX, you know, condolences to his family, his friends, uh, you know, just put out some great music, some music that make you, when I listen to it, I mean, just the lyrics is different from what I'm hearing from some of these young, these young artists right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. And I give some love to Kentucky volleyball there. Number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And they start their play tomorrow to get the winner of Illinois State and, and somebody else. So they're the number okay. two overall seed, won the SEC for the fourth straight year and trying to get to that final four for the first time. So hopefully they can. All right. Good luck. Wishing our, our Lady Cats well, then good luck to our Lady Cats. For sure. For sure. And I got to give a shout out to a brother, Keith, Keith Clark. He uh, is, is in Lexington, but he's about to move south where it's warm. I think down Florida way, he's about to retire. He makes some really good beef jerky and some candy bacon. I don't know if you're a beef jerky guy or not, but Keith, Keith nah. is doing the thing, man. It's, it's really good. So uh, he's a big I'm going to leave it up to you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to let you have the beef jerky. I eat enough for both of us, man. That's some good stuff <laughs> going on for sure. Um, I think that was every little thing too yeah we hit all the all the big stuff man so um yeah the throwback aau condolences and speed recovery to jamal murray shout out to highlands and the boys the highlands bluebirds blue jays that's where jay lorenzen went to school they won the boys state tournament for the kentucky okay. team what's up and sacred heart uh, private school out of Louisville won the girls sweet 16 tournament so congratulations to okay yeah yeah doing, doing still doing still doing a pandemic so yeah much love to them absolutely absolutely well man cd appreciate you as always and and you know i give props to, to lots of rain because look you've been in the fold for a long time yeah man get yourself a great time piece just for regular folks, they have a whole variety of watches. Then y'all just went and, and just got everybody's jaws with the 25th anniversary commemorative national championship edition. So that's out there as well. So y'all, I mean, let's make it happen. Let's go out and support La Terrain, who is a, like I say, have a great time piece and have done a lot for so many people. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do business with them. I'm excited about, um, uh, you know, what we're doing, what we're going to continue to keep doing in the future. Absolutely. And y'all definitely check them out. Check out this episode. It'll be up on a sea of blue. And of course, believe.com. And this has been presented by Bet Online. So TD, legend, man, have another good evening. And we'll All right, brother. Deuces. Everybody take care. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Going by Bet Online.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.